Welcome to the Oasis Church Podcast. We're so excited that you join us today. And wherever you're listening from or whenever you're listening to this, we hope that you are encouraged. And if you ever want to join us in person, you can always join us at 10 a.m. at 197 Imperial Boulevard in Hendersonville, Tennessee. But we love you and we hope that you're encouraged today. Hey, I'm excited for today. How many people stayed up last night? Come on. There's my people right there. I didn't really want to stay up, but I wanted to spend time with some friends. All right. So we were at their house. We stayed up. We did it. And we left. Yeah, we were at the Tay's house. And I I went to bed at about one. But we set up this yesterday. And then we walked in this morning. I'm like, we got to get us a building. Because this has got to be what it's like. So if you're new or maybe haven't been here in a while, we don't meet in here. This is like our lobby. We meet in the room that's over here. And it's typically a lot more done. But we decided we're going to give our kids worker, or kids like volunteers and leaders a break. And so that's why all the kids are in here. Kids, let me hear you real quick. You, got, you can be loud right now. Come on. I know for a fact you can be much louder than this, okay? All right, so here's what, all the kids, raise your hand. All the kids, raise your hand. Let me see, let me see, let me see. Raise your hand. Don't be shy. Come on, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Okay, on the count of three, on the count of three, I want to know what your favorite Christmas gift was on the count of three. All right, so I'm going to give you a second to think. What was it? Think about it for a second. On the count of three, I want you to yell it as loud as you can. Okay, here we go. Are you ready? Do you have your gift in mind? Are you ready, Lucy? Okay, are you ready? Are you ready? Don't be, you're not too cool for this. Come on. Here we go. All right. One, two. Listen, I have a feeling I don't think you're ready. All right. I, I need you to tell me. I want to hear everything. All right, here we go. One, two. Now don't let me down. Okay. You can't let me down. I need to know. Here we go. One, two, three. Tell me. Okay, I didn't understand anything except Air Jordans. As I, I know that's what he got. So, hey, I am super happy, kids, that you're in here. Steal your parents' phone or color or do something, all right? you don't have, I'll put you to sleep if you listen to me. But this won't be long. Uh, I promise I was going to say something else when I got up here. Oh, it's January 1st. And uh, if you haven't already, uh, first of all, you made it to church on the first Sunday of the year. Give yourselves a hand. That's what I'm talking about. If you haven't done this already, um, download our app, okay? It's, you can go to your app store, search oasistn.church, download our app, um, and I'm trying to pull it up right now. Um, listen, the internet here is just the best. All right, so it'll look like this whenever you open it up. On the bottom right here, there's a Bible tab, and we have a Bible built into the app. And we're starting uh, a Bible plan in our app that'll take you through the entire Bible in one year. You can listen to it in the app. You can read it in the app in multiple different translations. You can do everything. So I want to encourage you, start the new year off right. Last year, a few of us read the Bible in 30 days. We're going to extend it to a year this year because, my gosh, that was awesome, but... It took hours every day, but I'm glad I did it. Uh, But we're going to do it in a whole year, so you can join us right there. It should start today, tell you what to read. You'll read a little bit of the Old Testament, a little bit of the New Testament, and a psalm and a proverb every day. And it takes about 10 minutes to do. And then this time next year, you will have read the entire Bible. So make it a goal. And listen, I'm going to take the pressure off of you, okay? Take the pressure off of you. If you miss a day, don't make it up. Just pick it back up, start again, all right? So don't feel like, well, dang, I've missed five days, and now I have to read the entire book of Psalms today, right? Don't do that, okay? Just 
take it, pick it up the day before. There is grace in this place. Can I get an amen from somebody? And you can just do it there, okay? All right, as we step into the new year, I'm gonna make this fast, okay? I'm gonna do this in, what time is it? 15 minutes, 20 minutes. All right, give me 20 minutes. Don't hold me to that though, okay? Um, as we step into the new year, I wanted to give you some practical tools. How many of you have been to a church before, and this isn't bad, but you left and you're like, I'm a little bit more confused than when I came in here and I don't really know what to do. Today, and you've probably left this church like that a few times, all right, but, and that's cool. But today, I wanna let you know, what can I do with this message to, to change my life, right? I, what can I do? And uh, so this is gonna be a very practical message, okay? Very practical. You're gonna leave with some handles on this thing so you can use it whenever you leave here. And it's, it's almost so practical that it doesn't seem spiritual because I think we think that spiritual things can't be practical things. But let me tell you, Spiritual things are practical things. Like the Bible says you can hear the word, but if you don't do the word, it's pointless. Like you're just kind of wasting your time. So I want to try to teach you to do some things today in your life that can change your life. So are you ready? If you're ready, say I'm ready. All right, great. That was good. Guys, I didn't have to repeat it that time. All right, that was great. So, and before we go any further, I want to give credit to my favorite Christian author, all-time favorite Christian author. His name's Mark Batterson. He's written some amazing books. Any book he reads, I get it the day it comes out and I read it because it is so impactful. This is his latest book, and I'm, I'm really just going to take you kind of through uh, like a really fast 30,000 foot view of this book, but this book is amazing. It's a book called Win the Day. If you want to get this book, I would encourage you to listen to it or read it. And it's really practical stuff. It's spiritual, um, but it's really, really, it's called Win the Day. And that's what the title of this message is as well. But before we start the message, I want to make a statement and I want you to hear the statement. All right. And I want you to just kind of soak this in. Here's the statement. Almost anybody can accomplish almost anything if they work at it long enough, hard enough, and smart enough, okay? I'm gonna say that again, and I want you to think about your life. What is something that I want to accomplish? What is something I need to accomplish? And I want you to listen to this statement again, think about it in your own life. Almost anybody can accomplish almost anything if they work at it long enough, hard enough, and smart enough. Even you can accomplish almost anything if you just do it long enough, if you work hard enough, and if you do it smart enough, you can do almost anything. And I want you to think about your life. What is something in your life that you want to accomplish? It could be anything. Like, I want to write a book. I want to, you know, lose 100 pounds. I want to run a marathon. I want to, you know, I want to stop doing this bad habit. Okay, listen, almost anyone can accomplish almost anything if you just work at it long enough, hard enough, and smart enough. I want a great marriage. My marriage isn't where I want it to be. Well, you can do that if you work at it long enough, hard enough, and smart enough. I wanna learn, I wanna change careers. I wanna learn a new skill. I wanna finish that degree. I wanna, I wanna start raising my kids differently. I wanna do, whatever it is, you can do almost anything if you work at it long enough, hard enough, and smart enough. But in order to accomplish what you've set out to accomplish, listen to this, it starts with what you're willing to do today. It starts with what you're willing to do today. 
I want to talk about this idea of today. How long does today last? Can someone tell me? Boom, 24 hours. And every person on earth gets the same amount of time. Your today is just as long as anyone else's today. And what you do with that 24-hour period, what you do with today matters. Now, let me ask you this question. How many of you remember in the Bible, there was something called manna that God gave to the Israelites in the wilderness? Y'all ever heard of this? Now, does anyone remember what the expiration date on manna was? 24 hours. Interesting. How about the deadline on anger? What does the Bible say? Don't let the sun go down on your anger. So you get 24 hours to get angry, right? When are God's mercies made new? Every day, every morning, right? How often are we told to take up our crosses? Daily, right? And when are we to rejoice and be glad? Today, right? Today, I will rejoice and be glad in it. Today, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Listen, the 24-hour rule, the today rule is all throughout the Bible. In fact, it's as old as day one. Like God created something in one day, light, and he said, man, that's good. And then he did something else the next day. What you do with today matters. And what you want to have happen tomorrow starts today. There's a little foreshadowing of what we're going to be talking about this month. Here's what I know. Okay. I want y'all to listen to this. And this message is kind of just like a bunch of bullet thoughts. Just bear with me. Okay. Here's, here's what I know. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. So we have to win the day today. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow's a mystery. So we have to win the day. Listen, don't worry about winning tomorrow. Don't worry about, well, man, I have to lose 100 pounds. No, 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 you don't have to lose 100 pounds. You have to do well today. You don't have to write the whole book. Like, don't worry about the, the, the whole book you got to write. No, no, worry about the pages you're going to write today. Don't worry about the, uh, the, the things you have to do to get your marriage right, the counseling and the, the therapy you might be going through or the issues you got. No, no, the worry about how can I be a good husband? How can I be a good wife today? Worry about today. You have to learn how to win the day, but how do we win the day? Well, today I'm gonna talk about three different things. We're gonna talk about three ways that, uh, that you can, things that you could do to help accomplish the things that you wanna accomplish, all right? The first thing that we're gonna talk about this this is if you want to win the day, you have to bury dead yesterdays. You have to bury dead yesterdays. Now, I know, listen, I, I know this is this could be hard for some people. It's hard for me to talk about my past. It's hard for me to face my past. This is my personality. Um, but you have to be willing to bury dead yesterdays. For some of you, this is the most, listen, listen to me, the most important thing you can do is to bury your dead yesterdays. Here's what I mean. Some of you, you are living for too long in your past. You've been living there for too long. You're worried about what you did. Uh, you're, you're always thinking about what was done to you, what was said to you, the mistake that you made, that time that you really messed up, that last year where things seemed to fall apart in 2022. You're worried about what happened to you yesterday and how you feel like you're some sort of failure because of what happened in your past or things you've gone through in the past. And the most important thing that you might do this year is to settle yesterday, to bury your dead yesterday. When it comes to your past, I want you to think about this for a second. What stories are you telling yourself? Are they helping you or are they hurting you? Are they accurate or inaccurate? Memory is a weird thing, by the way. 
Sometimes we remember things incorrectly. It might be worse in our memory than it actually was in reality, right? Uh, Who's narrating the story? Are you narrating the story? Are your parents, your doubters, your haters? uh, Or have you given the editorial control of your life to the author and the perfecter of your faith? Some of you, you're telling yourself stories that are shaping who you really are. You're understanding the stories of your past and you're telling yourself these stories and you're saying things like, you know, I can never be happy. I'm never going to be happy. I, I can't find the right person for me. I've tried. I, I've gone through a marriage or two already. I, can't, I just can't find the right person, right? Like uh, the right person will never find me. Something's wrong with me. I'm broken. I'm too this. I'm too that. And, and no one's ever going to find me right. Or I, I, I'm always going to be angry. I, I'm, all, I'm never going to be able to forgive them for what they did to me. I can't amount to who I need to be. And you're starting to tell yourself these stories and it's shaping the person that you have become, these lies that you're telling yourself. Now, I want you to think about David for a moment. Y'all remember David in the Bible who killed Goliath with a sling and a stone? Awesome. I mean, my man, I love David. I think he's awesome. David's family was kind of the worst because Samuel, the prophet, came to David's house to anoint someone as king. And he shows up and the dad's like, oh yeah, man, I got all these sons. I'm going to line them up. And, and, and the dad starts lining up these sons. And the prophet's like, it's none of these guys. Are you sure this is all your sons? And he's like, oh yeah, we do have another guy, right? Like he's out in the pasture taking care of the sheep. David's own family didn't even see what was inside of David. Can you imagine the stories that David was told? He was too small. He didn't have the skills. He didn't have the look. He was too young. And I'm so glad David didn't buy into those stories. Here's what the Bible says in 1 Samuel 16. He says this, but the Lord said to Samuel, don't consider his appearance or his height for I rejected him. He's talking about uh, all the other brothers. The Lord does not look at the things that people look at, but the, uh, but people look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Who's glad that the Lord doesn't see your past and he counts it against you. He doesn't see your shortcomings and he counts. No, no, no. He sees what you can be. He has a different story that he wants to write in your life. He doesn't have the same story that you're telling yourself. His story for you is much better. Then David shows up on the battlefield and he, his dad said, Hey, I want you to bring some lunch to your brothers. They're on a battlefield. And David shows up and he sees this giant out in the middle of the field. And he's like, how come nobody's faced this guy? He said, I'll do it. And what did people start saying? Like, are you crazy? Like, you're going to get killed, man. Like, you can't go out and do this. And there's no way. And Saul, the king, even tried to talk him out of it. He's like, please, don't do this. But if there was never a Goliath, there would have never been a David. David's true self wouldn't have come out. And some of you, you face Goliaths in your life. You face some giants in your life, some things that have been really scary. And you're writing the wrong story about those things. Instead, maybe God's using that story to bring out who you really are. Just like with David. God used Goliath to show the world the true king of Israel. The one that, the, that Jesus would eventually come from, right? Like his line. And if there wasn't a Goliath, there would never be the David that we know today. If it wasn't for your past, we wouldn't know the person that God wants you to be. God wants to use that. He wants to redeem that. And he wants to flip the script of the story that you've been telling yourself. Let him flip the script. 
And so if you're living in a dead yesterday, maybe today you need to recognize that the truest thing about you is what God says about you. And he thinks you're amazing. He thinks you're worthy. You're you're worthy for his son to come and die for you. He loves you that much. So bury dead yesterday so that you can win today. You'll never win today without burying your dead yesterdays. Y'all tracking with me a little bit? All right, let's move on. The second thing is after you bury your dead yesterdays, you're gonna focus on the day. How do I win the day? Today, I'm gonna win the day. How do I tackle this? And this is where things are gonna get very, very practical. Y'all ready? All right, here we go. Y'all gotta gonna be drinking from a fire hydrant for a second, okay? Mark Twain is credited with saying this famous line. I love this line. He says, if I had to eat two frogs, I suppose I'd eat the big frog first. It's a weird thing, right? Like it's kind of a weird saying. He says, if I had to eat two frogs, I suppose I'd eat the big frog first. And I love that saying. It's a little weird. It's a little bizarre, but it's, excuse me, it's packed with some amazing insight that can help you win the day. To better understand what he's saying, I want you to think about something for a second. What to-do list items are you most tempted to procrastinate on? I want you to think about this. This is practical. You're thinking, this ain't even spiritual. Yes, it is. Listen, what things that you have to do, this could be getting that load of laundry finally out of the dryer and into the closet and into the drawers. All right, right. you think about this for a second. How many of y'all have clothes in your dryer right now that's been there for a long time? No judgment here. I got mine out yesterday and folded it. Booyah, come on, starting off strong. I don't typically, I know I'm in a dark place when I'm living out of the dryer that's not even on the same floor as the rest of our house. I'm like, it's less work to just do the laundry. But think about this, maybe it's laundry. Maybe it's cleaning out the garage. Maybe it's picking up your Bible and reading it. Maybe it's making that phone call. Maybe, whatever it is, that thing on your to-do list, you know in your mind or on, that, on your piece of paper that you have written down, I'm dreading this. I don't want to do this. How many people have something like that in your life? Come on, be honest. That's your big frog. Okay? So here's, uh, this is so easy. I want you to hear this. Do that thing first. Eat the big frog first. Do the thing that you hate doing. If it's working out, go first thing in the morning. Get it done. Then what happens? You start to look at your day so differently going, I've already done the worst part of my day. I can do anything, right? Like I've already, go, I've already gone. I've ran on the treadmill at the gym. I just showed up and walked in the gym, maybe for some of us, right? Like I, I've, I've already done the laundry today. Come on, I've already made dinner. I've already, whatever it is, it's done. And now the rest of the day is down here, downhill from there. That is your frog. Give yourself a deadline, then get started. And it's a great habit to start to do those, the hard things first. And here's where this gets spiritual. Some of you want God to do the supernatural in your life. And you're like, man, God, if you, and we're going to start 21 days of prayer in a, in a little while. And uh, I'll talk about that more in a second. But, um, and you're thinking, man, God, I need a miracle. I need a miracle. God, this, my kid, he needs a miracle. This area of my life, I need a miracle. I need a miracle in my marriage. I need a miracle with my kids. I need whatever it is. You need a miracle. You want God to do the supernatural, but here's what I know. If you want God to do the super, you have to do the natural. Now, don't miss this. That doesn't diminish God. That doesn't diminish what he can do in your life or watch in your life. But if you want God to do the super, you have to be willing and you have to do the natural. Here's what that means. Give God something to work with. God, heal my marriage. If you want God to heal your marriage, start being a good husband. 
Start being a good spouse. Quit doing the things that got you there. Do the work in the natural so that he can come in and he can do the supernatural. You can't just pray like it depends on God. You also have to work like it depends on you. God, help us start this church. You know what? I don't think God would have just hung the curtains and set up the stage and, and, and put the songs in the, the computer in the back and like, no. We, if we want God to show up, we gotta do our part. The people of God, how they got God to show up, they had to set up the temple. They had to put the things in place. They had to do the natural. So you have to pray like it depends on God, but work like it depends on you. And that starts by swallowing the big frog first, doing that stuff first. What you do actually matters. Now, God can do anything. And there are times in the Bible where God does a miracle and it's crazy. But if you look at what God does in the Bible, the miracles that he does, it's always met with people who are willing to do something for it. People would run to Jesus. They would get in front of Jesus. They would say, hey, come to my house. My, my daughter's dying. They come. Or he, they would just touch the hem of his robe. They would do the natural and God would do the supernatural. Remember what I said at the beginning of the message. Almost anybody can accomplish almost anything if they work at it long enough, hard enough, and smart enough. But in order for that to be true, you have to do the things today. Eat the big frog first today. Do the work in the natural today and see where God meets you. God will meet you in your effort and he will do things that will blow your mind. So maybe today that thing is like, man, you know what? I'm gonna get that stuff out of the dryer. I'm gonna make my bed this morning. Did we do that this morning? So halfway? Okay. Did you hear that? I did. Thank you, babe. I was also making slides at my desk this morning for this. So thank you. Um, I'm joking. We should go to counseling. I'm joking. I'm joking. Counseling's not bad. Marriage counseling's great. Um, anyway, that, that was awkward. I probably should have said that last part. I, I know a counselor now. Come on. Are you free? I'm joking. Um, all right, so I'm off the rails. Where are we at? What have we talked about? Buried dead yesterdays, okay? <laughs> Go to the next slide. Win the day, all right? You're gonna eat the big frog first. You're gonna do what it takes. You're gonna do the natural. And then you're gonna cut the rope. All right, I didn't say cut the cheese. I said cut the rope, baby. We're gonna cut the rope. And this is the scariest thing. Uh, how many people in here are risk averse? You don't like taking risks. Come on, be, I, I need you in my life, okay? Because I'm like, let's jump, let's do it, okay? Um, this is for you. It's also for the people that, uh, that like taking risks. And I want, I want to talk to you as well, okay? But I want you to hear this. And it starts with a story. I want you to hear this story. Kids, you're going to love this story, okay? How many, of the, your, how many kids in here love to ride an elevator? Come on, how many of y'all love to ride an elevator? How many of y'all like pushing the buttons on an elevator? Parents. How many of your kids fight over who gets to push the button when you get, yes, all the time. It's like, okay, who, Lucy pushed it like, it's Ruben's turn now, right? Like, I, I don't even know the, how we get there half the time, but an elevator. Now, the elevator wouldn't happen without this story. I want you to hear this story. This is cool. Uh, there was a guy named Elijah Otis. Kids, I want you to say Elijah Otis. Y'all can do better than that. Here we go. Kids, I want you to say Elijah Otis. 
Very good. It's a silly name, Otis, right? Elijah Otis. Now, uh, he was an inventor, and he's actually credited for for making the elevator kind of possible today. In 1853, America hosted its first ever World's Fair. And at this World's Fair, uh, the the organizers of this World's Fair, they built, and it was in New York City, they built this place. It was beautiful. It was called the Crystal Palace. It was really tall. It was made of glass. It was really awesome. And all of the best inventors from around the world, they would come there to showcase their new inventions in hopes to gain some traction so that they could sell their ideas to people, right? That was the idea. And one of the inventors of the World's Fair that year was Elijah Otis. Y'all say Elijah Otis. Come on, one more time. Oh, I love it, kids. Elijah Otis, he was the inventor of the safety elevator brake. All right, so a lot of us think that if if the elevator were to start falling, that you would just fall all the way to the bottom. No, no, no. Elijah Otis invented this safety elevator brake, and if that happens... You won't die, all right? You're gonna be okay. And so, um, but he was having a really hard time selling his idea to safety first skeptics. So these people were skeptical that the break would actually work and he was having a tough time selling his idea, but this idea was amazing. And so Otis decided that it was time to do something unforgettable, okay? And it was time to go big or go home. Have you ever been felt like, have you ever felt like it's time to go big or go home? You've been playing a board game? game and you're like, I'm going all in, baby. Come on, we're going, going big or going home. He stood on top of an elevator platform and it was raised really, really high inside of the Crystal Palace. I want you to just imagine like you're there right now. And it was high enough for everyone to see. Then Otis, who had positioned a man with an ax off on the side, he gave him the signal and he cued the guy to cut the rope that was keeping the elevator hung up. And so everyone's looking and they're thinking, this dude's gonna kill himself. Like he's, he's gonna, it's gonna end it all right here. And he looks at the guy with the ax and he tells the guy to cut the rope that was holding up the elevator. And all of a sudden that guy cut the rope and the elevator started to fall and it fell. And you can imagine everybody's watching this and they all start to yell and they're gasping like, ah, ah. and all of a sudden, a couple feet later, it stops. And everyone is quiet and you can hear Elijah Otis say, all good, ladies and gentlemen, all good. Now I wanna read you an expert, excerpt from the book, Win the Day by Mark Batterson. It's kind of long, but I want you to stay with me. And I want you to listen to this. He says, I know cutting the rope doesn't seem safe. Can I tell you what's not safe? Playing it safe. In fact, the greatest risk is taking no risks. Cutting the rope is about taking a calculated risk. When I say calculated, I'm talking about a risk-reward ratio. I'm not advocating for blind leaps. People that like to take risks, don't do that, okay? Keep both eyes wide open, but you better not focus on the wind and the waves. The only way to walk on water is to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Well, you also have to get out of the boat. When Elijah Otis pulled off this unforgettable sales pitch, there were only a few buildings. I want you to hear this. There were only a few buildings in New York City taller than five floors. Can you imagine? Have you ever been to New York City? There were only a few taller than five floors. Why? Because nobody wanted to climb the stairs. It was next to impossible. Listen, this is crazy. It was next to impossible to rent top four real estate in New York City. 
Do you know how much that's worth now, by the way? Then in, 19, in 1854, Otis installed an elevator in, the building on, in a building on Broadway, and the rest is history. By 1890, all right, so just 40 years later, there were 10 buildings taller than 10 stories. By 1900, there were 65 buildings taller than 25 stories. By 1908, there were 538 buildings in New York City that qualified as skyscrapers, including the famous Flatiron Building between Broadway and Fifth Avenue. More and more buildings got taller and taller, taller, and something else happened. Higher floors started producing higher revenues. As long as you didn't have to climb the stairs, everyone wanted a view at the room. Elisha Otis had turned the world upside down. He didn't just invent a safety elevator a safety elevator break. He made the modern skyscraper possible. At last count, this is insane. New York City has 58,000 elevators and those elevators make 11 billion trips every year. And that's just New York City. According to the Otis Elevator Company, the equivalent of the world's population rides on their products every 3 days. All because Elisha Otis had the courage to cut the rope. Now, here's where this is the last part that I'll read to you. If you want to imagine unborn tomorrows, you've got to cut the rope. Almost anybody can accomplish almost anything if they work at it hard enough, long enough, and smart enough. It's scary, especially if you're afraid of heights. But anything less than maintaining the status, but anything less is maintaining the status quo. You will experience a few falls and a few fails, that's for certain. But cutting the rope is the way to cut the ribbon on the dreams God has given us. Some of you are at the tipping point. You're on the elevator, it's pulled up, and God is asking you, cut the rope and trust me. Trust me. And some of you, you're great at sabotaging yourself on purpose because you don't think on the inside of you where you truly are on an on a unconscious level, you don't allow yourself to be the person that God's called you to be. But God's saying, hey, would you just trust me? Would you just cut the rope? Would you just have the courage to do this? And I'm telling you, if you decide to cut the rope, your life will look drastically different this time next year. Your life will look drastically different five years from now, 10 years from now. Imagine New York City had no buildings taller than five stories because people didn't want to climb the stairs. Now that's inconceivable. Think about what your, your life, can, it's inconceivable what God's put inside of you. He says he wants exceedingly and abundantly more than you can ever ask, think, or imagine. That's what God's plans are for you. But it requires you to cut the rope. So you're going to bury your dead yesterdays. You're going to win the day. You're going to eat the big frog first, right? And you're going to cut the rope and trust God. So that, th- those are your instructions. Bury dead yesterdays, win the day, Cut the rope. And listen, we're wrapping up. Parents, I know you're like, Lord Jesus, would you shut up? All right, yes, I am, I promise. This is great, by the way. I love the energy today. I like having them. You having fun, girl? There you are. They stayed up. Don't lie. You're tired. You're going to fall asleep today. All right, listen, as we wrap up today, I want to talk to you about prayer and fasting. Listen. All right, no, this is tough. Listen to me. Kids, chill for just a second. All right, listen, parents and kids. Our 21 days of prayer and fasting starts next Sunday. January 8th, we're going to start it. We're going to do this together. 
is there a better way to start your year than to start it by spending 21 days praying and fasting for your life, for your marriage, for your kids, for your career, uh, for your personal life, your professional life, the other people in your life. Like, is there a better way to start? Is there a better way to win the day than to pray, than to just seek God for things? Is there an area of your life where you need a breakthrough? Come on, is there anyone that needs a breakthrough in their life? Is there a person in your life that needs God to do something big? Is there a relationship that needs to be restored? Is there a miracle that you've been waiting on? Is there a need in your occupation? Is there a dream that God is birthing inside of you? Is there a decision that you're needing to make? Whatever it is, we have 21 days of prayer and fasting starting next week. And it's your time to get on your knees before God every day, fast from something and bang on heaven's door for that. I don't know what that is in your life, but I want to challenge you. Do one of these two fasts, okay? First one is a food fast, all right? Um, Talk to your doctor. I don't know your medical history. This might not be a great option for everybody, but it might be a good option for somebody. But listen, there's two types of fasts. You can do a food fast. That means, you know what? I'm not going to eat. Some people, they don't eat for 21 days. I've not done that, but I know people that have done like 40. All right, you could do that. Some people say, I'm I'm only going to do liquids. They do juices and stuff like that. Some people say, I'm not going to eat any sugar or any breads or any meats. That's called a Daniel fast. Traditionally is what that's called. And let's be honest, some of us can just use that a little bit. You know what I mean? Like we can start 2023 off and uh, slim down a little bit. You know, it's not about that, but it's a good benefit, right? So you can start a food fast. You can say, I'm not gonna eat lunch for 21 days. I'm gonna pray during lunch for 21 days, whatever it is. Then you could do something called a soul fast. So you got a food fast, you got a soul fast. And that's stuff like, man, I'm gonna get off social media for three weeks. And instead of that time that I would uh, spend wasting on reels or TikTok or whatever, or getting mad at people on Facebook for their political views and all that stuff, like I'm not going to do that. And instead, let me tell you, oh, this is good. I just thought about this. Because you know how when you delete an app off your phone that you use all the time, you'll open it and you'll just instantly go there. And it's just like a habit. Put our church app there and read the Bible whenever that happens. Just boom, you'll hit it and you'll just don't, you did it to yourself. You don't even know what happened, right? And then you can read a little bit. You can do something. I'm just messing. Uh, or maybe a soul fast for you would be screens. I, I'm not going to do screens. Or I'm not, we're going to do entertainment. We're going to do Netflix, nothing. Or uh, kids, I'm going to give up video games for three weeks. Instead, I'm going to pray. But I want to challenge you. He's begging for his life. Please, no. But I want to challenge you. I want you to dig deep during these next three weeks. What better way to start your year than 21 days of prayer? And I'm telling you, God's done some big stuff. We had people getting pregnant. We had a few people getting pregnant. Jobs, uh, marriages and relationships happening. I mean, I mean, God's going to do some big stuff. And I love it every single time. And so I want to invite you. I'm not going to join us for it. Well, I've never done that before. We'll start. Don't do a food fast this year. Do a soul fast. Stop watching Netflix and streaming services for three weeks. Only fill yourself with spiritual things. And see, I'm telling you, you create margin for God to do something in your life, he's going to show up. And that's what we're going to do. That's how we're going to win the next three weeks. I'll tell you right now, we're going we're gonna to pray and we're going to seek God. Y'all with me? Yeah. Boom. All right. Bury dead yesterdays. Win the day. Eat the big frog first. Cut the rope. Go for it. Take the risk. Trust God and watch what he does with you this year. God, we love you. We thank you. Forgive me for going over my time, Lord. 
but I thank you so much for everybody in this room. I pray that you help them win today so that they can become the people that you have inside of them tomorrow. So help us with that, God. We love you so much. Thank you for an amazing year. But we give this year to you. It's gonna be awesome. And I'm excited to see what you do. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, we love you guys so much. Next week, we're back in this building. Kids are back. Parents, can I get an amen from somebody? Listen, before you go, listen to me. If you are a parent in here and you send your kids over to Oasis Kids every week, don't y'all appreciate our workers every single week doing what it, come on, give them a hand. Did y'all feel it a little bit in here? Your kids in here like, shut up, quit talking, don't, don't fall asleep, you know, get the screen, right? We have, I'm not, I'm not using this as a guilt trip. I wanted, I just remind you, we do that in there so that you can come to church distraction free and so that your kids are hearing the message of Jesus in their own way. They didn't have a clue what I said today because this wasn't designed for them. That's designed for them. Okay, and that's why we have it. And guess what? You can be a part of making a big difference in a kid's life. Maybe you need to step up and serve a little bit more in kids or step up and serve your kids. We would love to have you. Sadie, it is fun. Tell them it's fun. It is. It is, I don't know if you've served before. I don't know what other churches do. It's fun here. I'm telling you, it's fun. It's exciting. We play games. I mean, Scott Wins had, he was wrapped in something every week that he was serving in December. This is fun. Have fun. And we don't expect you to get up there and just teach. We have a video that teaches. We just need you to be a positive impact for our kids. So if you want to start serving or, yes, we've had two kids this year give their life to Jesus. Come on, give it. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. And one of them, little Lucy right here, one of our girls gave her life to Jesus and we're going to be baptizing this month sometime, right? And uh, I won't share the other one. I don't know if she, she might hate me if I do that. But, um, but it's working, guys. Like, man, your kids can come to know Jesus. And we have a little bitty church. Two of our kids gave their life to Jesus. That's 10% of the people that are in there every single day. That's awesome. So that can happen more and you can be involved. So if you want to, please, if you're interested, if if it's tugging at your heart a little bit right now, fill out a connect card. Let us know. Hey, I want to serve every three weeks. Oh, my word. You'd make the biggest difference in a kid's life. All right, I'm done. Soapbox, I'm out. Hey, we love you guys. We'll see you next Sunday at 10 a.m. And it's going to be awesome. Say anything? Oh, giving, yes. Oh, my. Well, we're going to update you a little bit on giving next week. But if you want to be a part of what God's doing here financially, uh, you can drop your tithes. You can bring your tithes back there. Brother Kevin's got a bucket in the back. Or you can give your offerings uh, right there. And that, obviously, when we go, that makes an impact here in this community. And, uh, man, love it. So if y'all want to be a part of that, go do that in the back. But other than that, y'all have a great week. And uh, we don't get to watch the Titans lose today. It's a great day. So I'm happy about that. All right. Love you guys. We'll see you next week.